Welcome to episode four of Angry Fans, the safe space for you, Angry Fan, to vent and get pissed off and not feel a damn bit of shame about it. I'm Scotty. I'm joined, as always, by Buffalo Steve. What's up? The angriest fan in at least three South Central Illinois counties. <laughs> There's a lot of truth in that. We have a special guest with us this week, El Presidente Jake, the head of the St. Louis Bills Mafia. It is a privilege to have you, you here. You are welcome for my appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Turner's not on site with us this week. He's in Hotlanta, and you're going to love the reason he's there. He'll join us by satellite phone in just a minute to tell us about it. In this episode, I plan to school these guys on why college football actually got the playoff right. Plus, what the hell is happening in the NFL? Joe Flacco looked like Vinny Testaverde. Some guy named Browning played like Tom Brady. We'll play our favorite alter ego game, What Would Taylor Do? And we're going to talk some effing golf. Maybe we'll throw some other stuff in. I don't know. We don't plan that well when we get angry. But as we do at the end of every episode, we'll donate to a charity. And in honor of his appearance this week, we're going to let Jake choose our cause. Yes, I've got a check ready to go and we'll fill it out. All right. Very nice. Let's go. Right now, live from the city with the biggest airport in the world, it's Turner. What's up, my man? What are you doing in Atlanta? Oh, bro, first of all, I can't believe you called out the biggest airport in the in our country because it took us all of the hour to get from our plane to our freaking rental car. I was trying to pee. They don't have any bathrooms. It was a terrible <laughs> experience. But after that, it's been fantastic. We've been having a great time. Yeah, what exactly are you doing? Well, there's a group of us down here with our friend Crone. He is the mastermind of these Crone Brewery Tours, um, where he leads us in these beer-tastic voyages all over the country for a little bit over seven years now. We basically just try and hit as many breweries as we can hit in a town um, for the time spent in that town. What is he up to? How many has he been to? So we're actually we're spending today in the suburbs of Atlanta, and we'll end up uh, this evening at Ironmonger Brewing. Uh, which will be Crone's 1770th brewery. Oh, wow. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous it's, it's and awesome. <laughs> it's been so fun. I, I will toast my 245th brewery, so I'm not nearly as cool as he is. But we have a great time. Uh, your man, Mr. President, in there, he's he's definitely got me beat. He is one of the originators of this of this tour as well. Turner, I was going to ask you, uh, who's who's been to the most breweries with he keeps a log of everybody who goes with him. Who's who's number two? Well, the truth of the matter is I don't have the numbers, so I don't want to lie about anything and, and put out any numbers. But I know you're near the top of that list. <laughs> Are I you? Think, I think I'm, I'm right there, right behind him. I've uh, been to about 1,000 myself and probably 900 with Crone um, as he goes through all these. 1,000 breweries? It's Man, amazing. I, I wish I started keeping track of how many I've been to now. <laughs> right, right. Well, because we'd all have a couple more probably if if we counted the ones that we didn't count before. But it's it's kind of fun to know we're he's not anywhere near the total number of breweries in the uh, smaller breweries in the country, and and he's been to that many. So it's it's a good time. We've been been all over. Are you there all weekend, or are you come? Is this like a one day shot? Yep. So this is a short trip. Um, we're actually trying to collect numbers for a trip, hopefully next year when. He can hit 2,000 in uh, the state of Alaska. Wow. Uh, so we're just headed home tomorrow with a quick turnaround, just a day and a half. 
So have you been to every state except Alaska? Um, Crone has been to all 49 except Alaska. Wow. We, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to Hawaii with him last year, and we hit the breweries in Hawaii. It was a fantastic trip. You guys must have good jobs. <laughs> Crone has a great job, and that's all that matters. I just tag along for the fun because he, he, he sets it up. He's the mastermind. It's a, great, it's a great chance to get out and see the world. Where are you right now? I am at, they call this bar or this brewery Steady Hand Beer Company, um, and it's just a little outside. I think we're a little bit northeast of Atlanta, kind of in an industrial park. I can actually see Top Golf right across from here. It looks like a brand-new Top Golf. And when I went in, I heard the general manager standing there talking, and he is actually from, get this, Buffalo, New York. Oh, hey. All right. Friends are everywhere. So as soon as I walked in, we we hit it off, and I've been chatting with him, and he was telling me all about the experiences he's had down here. Uh, He told us about the bar that we need to catch up to tomorrow called White Hall Tavern, and that's the Buffalo Bills Bar in Atlanta. Turner, I got a quick question for you down there first. Um, I'm angry I'm not with you, uh, with you guys, being one of the, the original Crone companion on these tours. But I was just curious how the, uh, the parking scene's been lately, if you guys have had any troubles, got any tickets, can you read the signs properly? How's that going down there? <laughs> well, the truth is we haven't been, been unfortunate enough to hit anything quite like that yet. I think we had some snafus with getting our rental car and the people in front of us not knowing what they were doing and us having to back out let them back out and then we could back in. It was a, it was a whole situation. It sounds like but a I know Seinfeld what you're saying. Thing. Everywhere we go, it's, it's the most annoying thing. I swear cities try and steal money from tourists because they make up these signs, try to convince somebody to park there. And then when you get back, you're hoping for a ticket because chances are if you don't get a ticket, you're getting towed <laughs> like Cronin and I did in Hawaii to another freaking <laughs> island, and it took us like four hours to get the car back. Oh, man. What, what do you call it? Those are champagne problems, man. <laughs> but beer problems, really. Yeah, in this case, beer problems. Look, by the, time, by the time we get the car back, I'd lost my buzz. It was not fun, guys. It was not fun. <laughs> well, do you have any take before you uh, go in and drink another you know beer? What? I sure do, because you know what? I know you guys are going to talk about it, and I just want to put my two cents in. Everybody's going to talk about this college football stuff, and I think it is – I think it's absolutely outrageous, and everybody has their own takes, and I get it. That's fine. I'm Georgia. I was number one for the whole year, and then I get beat by one team that you're telling me is supposed to be the best team in the, in the world. That's why we let them in, and you're going to kick me out for them for losing to them by three points in a neutral site where chances are if we got to play in that game against them in the playoff, would have been a better battle. That is a good take, man. I'm going to school you on it, but it's a good take. That's a great take. I, I actually agree with you. I can't believe they dropped five spots after losing to Alabama. I mean, that's crazy, but we'll get into it. Uh, we're in going to get later. into it here. Well, in just guys, a minute. I, really, I really look forward to hearing, hearing you guys go at it. Get a few more IPAs in you for me. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, guys. Be safe. We'll talk soon. All right. All right. See you, Turner. Bye, Turner. Well, we've got a couple of new sponsors this week. Let's hear from the first one. Coming to an arena near you. This is beautiful. The one and only. For the love of God. Buffalo Steve. Jesus H. Christ. His commentary is flawless. Are you shitting me? His insults really hurt the other team. Their division's terrible. His spelling is impeccable. U-P-K-L, whatever. 
all the ladies dig him. Get a guy! What a body! What a guy! And he loves country roads. Somebody told him to play John Denver! Don't miss Buffalo Steve every third period when his team is toast. And so is he. Just shoot the fucking puck! Meet Buffalo Steve on Instagram at AngryFansPod. Thanks to Buffalo Steve's talent agency for supporting Angry Fans. As soon as I get more information on how we're going about it, I'll let you know. <laughs> we'll have like a tour list or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, next up. You don't get to instruct anything around here. This is not North Carolina, not South Carolina, nor Kentucky. Wipe that smirk off your face! Wipe that smirk off your face. That's right. It's Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama in the college football playoff, much to the chagrin of Florida State fans and Georgia fans. So let's dive in. Gentlemen, let's hear your takes on what the committee did. Well, um, I have a little bit of a, a bias coming out of as a Big Ten fan. Um, and coming from The Ohio State University, I'm always a little angry when uh, I get knocked out by Michigan. But I will agree with them putting it number one. Um, we saw a pretty pretty close game in Ann Arbor when when that happened. So while, while you know, I'm really mad that we're not in it ourselves, I think they, they got that top right. Um, I would argue for Florida State maybe to go in there. I, we saw a couple years ago when in 2013 when Ohio State won the championship, they played with a backup quarterback coming from a four-seed upset Alabama beat Oregon in the finals. I think that might be able to happen again, and I like using the conference championship as, as meaningful games going into the end of the season. All right, Steve. <clears throat> well, I agree with what Jake, especially the point with about the backup. Well, they won multiple games without that kid, uh, Travis. So why? What, what's that? I, I don't understand that excuse. Two, I think uh, Turner makes a great point about Georgia falling. I think you could have easily left Florida State in it, had Georgia fall to three, leave Michigan, have Michigan go one, Washington move up two. Georgia didn't deserve to fall that many spots. They're back-to-back national titles. I would have loved to see if they could do it three times. Three times hasn't been done since, uh, oh, man, like the late 30s. The only team that's done it four times, back-to-back-to-back-to-back, is Michigan. Florida State went undefeated. They did everything that college football says you have to do now. You can't have cupcake games. They beat LSU. They they played uh, Clemson. I mean, they beat some solid teams all throughout the year. I don't understand it. Here is where I'm going to come in with this. Yes, all of you make valid points about Georgia dropping. However, Georgia had the opportunity to take out Alabama and put all this to bed. They had the opportunity. They lost to Alabama. College football kind of screwed this up because they have four playoff spots and five major conferences. So somebody is probably not getting in from one of the conferences. I would argue the Atlantic Coast Conference this year. Definitely the weakest out of the five. And it's not just a backup for FSU. It's the third-string quarterback. And if you would look at the lines for these games, if FSU was put in instead of Alabama, FSU against Michigan, that'd be at least a 20-point line. We had Cincinnati get in. Yes, they were undefeated. Bless their little hearts. They were undefeated. They got in, and they got whooped by Alabama. And that's what would happen with FSU this year. 
So I believe that the committee made the right decision, the right call there. I just wonder, do we need even a four-team playoff, or do we just need Washington and Michigan to play each other, get the undefeated teams, and we don't need four teams even to go in at this point? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we have a system that we have. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. But at the same time, you're 13-0 and if you're FSU, right? 13-0. and I mean, they create one excuse after another. This time, FSU has it all down. Nope, you're still not going to the dance. Sorry, you're going to have to sit out in the parking lot. Like, I don't even understand that. Well, let me ask you a question, Steve. Yeah. All right, you've got a kid who's uh, the college age. Yeah. So if your kid or any kid gets a perfect grade point average in high school, perfect. They couldn't do any better. Not my kid, but go ahead. And <laughs> and also, you know, is in a couple clubs. I mean, yeah. it has some extracurricular activities. Applies to Harvard and doesn't get in. There are lots of students like that. Life isn't fair. FSU was Life is definitely the, not fair. Also. They had the 13-0 and 0 part right, but that's not the only consideration. The backup quarterback, the double backup quarterback, is also a consideration. Their conference, also a consideration. So, so what I'm saying is it's one factor to be undefeated. It's not no, the I, whole thing. I understand that. But then if we're just going to let this committee pick, then what's the deal with playing the games? Like at the beginning of the year, they can just be like, hey – you four schools, we make more money off you guys. You guys, you guys are going to be in. The rest of you guys, just play your season, and we'll see what crazy who's going to go to the Pop Tart Bowl. But it used to be worse. It used to be. It was terrible. The media voted on it, and they had the top twenty-five or whatever. That's who was the national championship. Whoever ended up number one at the end of the season. Right. So the committee is better. And Jake, I know you have some thoughts on next year's system where all of this will go well not all of it will go away I was but gonna say, we'll the, still be arguing about something yeah well tell me <laughs> what you were angry about about the next year's There's, situation the, the main thing is going to be the i think the the quality and the importance of the games but but first i'm i'm just selfishly going to say that new most of the bowl games now are new year's day new year's eve I love New Year's Day. I sit around with my hangover, sit in my underwear, flip back and forth between a couple different games, whichever one is the best at the time, and I can focus on all these bowl games right there those two days. And I think we're going to lose some of that going from a December all the way to a mid-January when that playoff comes because, you know, you're going to pay attention when your team plays, something like that. But here's the first problem I have with it is rivalry weekend. So coming from my Ohio State side of things, we played Michigan. We lost to Michigan. I'm upset. I'm angry. But next year, so I've got the list here. I'll go over in a second of who would have made it for this year. Ohio State still gets in. They lost to Michigan. They don't have to play against Iowa. They don't risk injury. We don't have to go get upset by another team, drop our ranking or something. We basically get a bye from the Big Ten Championship. So now my rivalry weekend doesn't mean as much because even if I lose to Michigan, I can still go on. And I don't really care that much about the importance of winning the Big Ten because I'm going to aim for the championship, not even caring about the Big Ten. Teams that would have got in, we would have had Liberty playing Florida State. Liberty gets in because they're they're the one of the highest seed of the six conferences. So those those get yeah. in. They won, so they went undefeated, but they didn't play anybody ranked. Now they get to play. So one of those two teams is going to go on to the next round and also probably just get beat. Then and then you get Georgia playing Old Miss. They already played. We got to watch it yeah. again. Yeah. Where so was that important that Georgia already beat Old Miss? No, because Old Miss could could come back and pull something out in the in this same thing. Ohio State, Penn State. And then we get a matchup with Missouri and Oregon. Oregon, 
if they win, they could go on to play Washington. They've already lost to Washington twice. Why yeah. do we need yeah. to see no, these I mean, matchups again? I don't. There, get, there's so many things. That, the the last point on on the matchups is there's going to be four games. For, so if Ohio State was to go into it, they'd have four games to get to the title game. Does Marvin Harrison Jr. play? Would he play? He could yeah. go to the NFL. Does he want to play four more games to go into this? So if Penn State beats Ohio State in that game and Marvin Harrison doesn't play, we're going to sit, we'll have something to talk about, but yeah. we're going to put an asterisk next to Penn State and say, well, they didn't play with Ohio State's best player. So are we even watching the best football games we can watch? And I want the quality of product and I want the games to mean something. And I don't, I think this is watering down the whole end of the season. Jake is bringing it. I love it. it. He is bringing I love it. it. That is great That's arguments. Great. great arguments there. So sense of urgency is the word I was going to use. The phrase I was going to use when he Jake was talking about this, it, it loses some of that when you have twelve teams getting in. The part about injuries, and I want to make a point about FSU. You were talking about that game a few weeks ago. Yeah. FSU at North, Northern again. Alabama. Yes. Why are they playing that game? Why did they start their starting quarterback in that game and let him play the whole game? That's when he got hurt. Yeah. So FSU has a little bit of their own blame because they they could have won that game with their backup. You said yeah. they were winning games with their backup. So yeah. and they they I mean, they could have won it with the third string guy. Probably I mean, Northern yeah. Alabama. He beat Louisville. I think they're going to have to close the debate because we do need to move on, and we do have a word now from one of our other sponsors. During a game. Have you ever broken your child's PlayStation controller because you threw it at the TV? Do you have nightmares about 25-yard field goals that bounce off the bar? Is your entire week ruined by an asinine challenge flag? Perhaps it's time you try the little orange pill that will erase all your fury. Four or five dentists recommend tryptophan to angry fans. In research studies, 60% of the time, tryptophan worked. Every time. Ask your doctor if tryptophan is right for you. Effects may include sheer happiness, permanent smiles, butterflies and rainbows. Tryptophan, the magic pill with absolutely no side effects. And definitely no consequences. Thank you to Tryptophan for supporting angry fans. I believe they could be in a bit of trouble based on what you just heard. We've had a late addition to the sponsorship roster. That's still to come. You'll find out <laughs> coming up. Right now, it is time to rewind. Just because we're angry doesn't mean we're always right. Let's listen to what we said last episode about backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Joe Flacco. We're recording this before yes, this weekend's I, games. I saw that. Joe Flacco is starting again in the NFL. Yep. I mean, I, the guy won a Super Bowl somehow, impossibly. But I have seen him play in the, the last few years. Yeah, in the 1800s. Yeah. This is the kind of player that they're... Uh, they're going to right. because they don't have anybody else. Like they're going right. to a forty-year-old year retired people. I mean, that guy might as well be in a wheelchair. Yeah, <laughs> as fast as he can move. I don't know what happened. I mean, he looked okay. He looked fairly decent in he that did. game. He had one interception. He threw two touchdowns. The Browns lost the Rams, but I thought it was going to be a disaster. Yeah, and just and Browning. For the Bengals, that man, he amazing. was like 34 for 37. 32 for 37, 354 yeah. yards and one touchdown. So, uh, yeah. 
I, I, I mean, we bashed the uh, backup quarterbacks too early. I guess it's really easy to play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think that I like the Browning example there and the number of completions he had. But what where this makes me angry is they had two wide receivers throw passes. One went for negative. Jamar Chase threw a negative seven yard completion. That's right. And Tyler Boyd threw an interception. Was it? Was it? A, I can't remember. Was it a pick six or just a just an interception? Uh, Browning just... is completing thirty two passes in your game. Why are you giving the ball to your wide receivers to throw it? That's a valid point too. Because offensive Cause... coordinators are dumb. Yeah, yeah, they. We are. had one. We <laughs> named Ken Dorsey. Yeah. The Bills Ooh, did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I hope he's enjoying his vacation. <laughs> oh man. A few of the boys were on by, like O'Connell. I think Dobbs was on a by. But Zappy, I mean, he didn't look that great last week, but against Pittsburgh the other night, he looked pretty three, good. Three TDs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wait, hold on. They scored all of their points in the first half, the Patriots. I, they, he didn't have a drive over 20 yards in the second half. Don't no, tell me but, he played well. Well, he started out well. So <laughs> He gave I mean, him a cushion. He played, he played much better this week than he did last week against the, the Chargers. It was like a six out. nothing game. Like what? It's ugly, man. How the Chargers only put up six points. I mean, I don't understand that either. What is the deal with the Chargers? I don't. Their roster is ridiculously good, how, and they can never win. You have Herbert to Allen, right? It's kind of like a Josh to Diggs kind of thing. Josh and Diggs are putting up points, moving the football. Like how is it that that's not a weekly thing for those two? I don't. I don't understand their offense. And they can't run the ball. And they have Eckler. Yeah, yeah. That Zach Wilson thing is is sad. I mean, it is sad. Well, he didn't want to play. I know. He I just, didn't want to play. I just caught him. And be like, <laughs> f off. Like, get out of here. What is this? He, and don't get me wrong. He's been put in a a terrible position know, by his head coach. But if you're an NFL quarterback, you have one of 32 starting jobs, and you're saying to other people in the building. I don't want to play. Pay- paycheck's the, the same hell? on the bench. Yeah, he's, get, he's getting ba- paid. He's <laughs> he came into the season thinking he was going to be a backup. He doesn't want to go out there now. All right, one well, more true. one more NFL topic. <laughs> I do want to address our Buffalo Bills. There was an article that came out that's pretty scathing about our head coach, the Sean timing, McDermott. The timing's interesting. It is. Usually, when these stories come out, somebody wants them to come out, and there's a lot of unnamed sources. I don't particularly love the story. Tyler Dunn is not welcome in that building. They will not let him in the building. No joke. Um, Because he has consistently criticized the organization. Some of it's valid for sure. McDermott, I mean, I had the wrath of hell against him last week because I hate his game management decisions. But at the same time, I do feel like this is a little bit of a hit piece. And we're going to see how the Bills respond. McDermott apologized for that stupid 9-11 comment. That was dumb. Yep. It was four years ago. He shouldn't have said it. With your hit piece point, what's the point of him releasing that article now? Like, Why didn't he do it then if that was bothering him so long and it's been so much? It, I hate all of these things that come out like this and it just it ends up, it's a little bit out of context. And, and we don't know what was said. And yeah, it seems like a weird analogy. And in the moment, we don't, we don't know everything that led up to why that was on anybody's mind and what the conversation was. And so for some anonymous source and all these things to come out and write something like this, it, it is just adding up to just try to throw in darts, get clicks, all those different things. Yeah, because I can't see, like, like you just said, something at the time might have brought that up. Maybe there was a conversation about something. Maybe there was – who knows. But if that was four years ago or five years ago or whatever Yeah, but I'm was, less like, concerned about the 9-11 comment than I am about the 
culture in the building. He's supposed to be building this great culture and process. And I know that some of these people have been fired, like Doug Whaley, for example, is yeah. one of the people quoted. So he has an ax to grind. I don't listen to him. He's not credible. But it did sound like there were some people in the building right now who perhaps don't like McDermott's style. I can see him being a control freak. He does it during games. We lose games because of his ridiculous decision-making. I just hope that Josh is the one that's right here. It sounded like when he was talking this week that the players are all bought in to the team and that they feel good about where they are. Yeah, I, I would hope that with this story that the team, they bond over it and not really so much worry about, obviously, your head coach. You, you're still going to respect yeah. him and go play for him. But they, as a unit, come together and go on a crazy run to make a great story. I, is what I'm yeah, hoping. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping too. All right, let's move on. It is time for our next segment. What would Taylor do? What would Taylor do? Now remember, Taylor is the angry fan alter ego. She is kind and forbearing. She's the angel on our shoulder. So we seek guidance from Taylor. I'm going to give you guys at least one scenario of an angry fan situation and ask you a simple question. The sloppy drunk guy sitting behind you at the game spills beer all down your back in the middle of the third quarter. What would Taylor do? She's just going to shake it off. Keep watching the game. No big deal. Maybe get one of her assistants to go buy a new beer for the guy behind her. She's, she's going to smile and just shake it off. Absolutely. She's probably going to go buy another beer for the gentleman, get back to her seat, ask where her boyfriend is on the field, how the game's going, who's winning, and just be cheery about it, you know? Sounds like you're talking about a specific Taylor. No. Now, just, this is this is Taylor the Sprite. Oh, this yeah. Is a, so our, that one, my oh, bad. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> probably buy the guy a beer and a jersey. You know what jersey. I think she would do? I think she'd buy the whole row, maybe the whole, whole section, section yeah. of oh, beer see? and say, there is no bad blood. I'm going to give you one more. After an away game, you lost by one point. You're pissed off, and you're the opposing fans in the parking lot are rubbing your nose in it or at least being really obnoxious and carrying on and laughing. What would Taylor do? I think she's just going to hide. She's going to find an umbrella, just kind of go away from it. I don't think uh, anything negative can really come at her for too long, so she kind of just pushes it away. She's just going to kind of shell up. Very good. Like, let's say it happened in Philadelphia. She's probably, because those fans are ruthless, so probably going to kill them with kindness. You know, they're going to be like, we hate you, how your team sucks, blah, blah, blah. She's going to be, I love you guys. That was so nice. You know, this is very. We should, we should all get together. Are you guys still tailgating? Let <laughs> me join your tailgate. Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Yeah, you guys are really good. We lost by one point. I am oh, so upset, but shucks. it's okay. I, I, this is instructional for me. I'm not joking. <laughs> one time at a, an away game, this is why I brought this up. I'm walking out. We lost by one point. And I was on my phone with somebody, and some guy gets right up in my face. And I'm on the phone with somebody, and I lose it. I went into a profanity-laden tirade that ended up with me having to be pulled away from this guy. Because his friends were coming in, and it was going to be a brawl. And so I brought it up because I really wanted to know what I should have done. And I think you guys have provided 
Good <laughs> insight. So Taylor time, would do yeah. this. I'm going to think about it next time. I'm going to stop and say, what would she do right now? Do you, you, do you have plans for Sunday? Are you, are you thinking about <laughs> g- attending any games around here? You <laughs> no, need something? No. So thank you, Taylor, for your advice. We do have a new sponsor this week. Apparently, they aren't too happy with one of our other sponsors. Let's find out what's going on. Have you or a family member died from using the truck tryptophanzin? If so, we're suing the hell out of that company. The little orange pill, my ass, tryptophanzin. More like trip to hell. You want to talk about side effects. You'll have nasty stuff coming out all of your holes. You might go blind. You'll definitely be on the toilet 60 hours a day. And oh, by the way, when you pop one of them pills, your funeral arrangements are already being made. Contact the law firm of Smith, Brown, Johnson and Williams and Smith and Johnson. We'll make sure those pharmaceutical bastards pay out the wazoo. Go to our website and get into this massive money-making class action. Use the promotion code Pharmaceutical Bastards. Man, I'm a little anxious about this lawsuit that might be filed here. I'm, I'm really concerned about it. <laughs> but I guess we'll have our legal team get on it. We'll have them look into it. All right, what are we going to talk about right now? Oh, son of a bitch, Paul. Why didn't you just go home? That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. That's right, effing golf. We just learned that John Rahm is joining Live Golf to the tune of <clears throat> $300 million. Let's get into this. Live and the PGA are supposed to be merging. It's not a done deal yet, and the Saudis are still poaching players. You guys want to weigh in on this? Yeah, absolutely. Taking Rom's a huge thing. I mean, they've already got, obviously we know Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Kepka. They got Cam Smith not too long ago, the open winner, um, DeChambeau, Bubba. High-quality players that were world-ranked in the top well, most of them in the top 20. It's not looking good. I don't know that the merge is going to happen because the, <laughs> just the difference between how live is run and structured, example, there's 54 holes for live, 48 guys in the field. That's it. And they all get paid. PGA, it's a 72 hole, and there's a after 36, there's a cut, right? Do, and do, if you're not top 65, you're not getting paid. You're going home. I mean, you have sponsors and stuff that can cover some of that. But do, do you think that reduces the quality of the golf a little bit as as we're going to watch it? So this guy's getting paid three hundred million dollars. He doesn't have to make a cut. I mean, what is, what's his incentive to play better? Or that he made he made around fifty two or so million dollars. I think I thought career up to this point. And now yeah. he's making this, and so while he's been playing really well, there's always he's got that purse. But the incentive for him to actually go win is, so, is way down now. I, I I'm going to differ on that just a little bit, and here's the reason why. With Live, you have 48 guys, and they do two different things. While they have the individual event in the 54 holes, they also have a team event of four guys. Yeah. Live's events are set up and structured to where I think the golf's still going to be fun to watch. Yeah, um, they're gonna. It's a little more loose, kind of like you talked with Major League Baseball. Let's loosen up a little bit yeah. with some of that. Where uh, uh, PGA is just, uh, I think they're in trouble. I'm pissed off at the PGA. They have yeah. mucked this up big time. 
this is a this is a, a world of competition, and they have just kind of rolled over because of Live Golf. I mean, I get the money thing, the investments behind Live Golf. Do you know how much money they have? Oh, it is somewhere around three quarters ungodly. of a trillion dollars. Yeah. A trillion with a T. Yeah, that's why they're able to. <laughs> I used to keep cover horse racing. Writing these checks. I know how much money the Saudis have. They can spend, they will spend ridiculous, they'll spend $16 million on a colt that won't run for two years and might not finish fourth in a race. They can just waste money, spend money. I get that. But at the same time, and that's a really daunting thing to face, but at the same time, the PGA. Has you know they were griping about it and kind of grousing the whole time and not really doing anything to fight this you know move this competitive well, force that's going against you stand up for yourself. Well, I think now it, you're in big trouble. That merger, what's the leverage? They have no well, leverage. Now. There's not going to be one. Now I'd be very surprised. I mean, honestly, I think PGA thought well with uh, McElroy and with those two guys standing up. Talking about be loyal, you know, and they've said all their words, made it real cute. At the end of the day, money talks. Like, money For talks. Sure. And you're talking, like, generational money that they're handing out. To, when Dustin Johnson left, I forgot where he was ranked, but here's a hundred and whatever it was, 35, 150 million. I'm not hearing much of these humanitarian concerns over live golf anymore in the Saudis. I mean, it's kind of gone away. Yeah. Everybody's going over to the that the dark side, whatever you want to call it, and I just feel like P, the PGA could have, in the beginning, stemmed this. I don't think they thought any of this was going to happen or play they out were the way it arrogant, is very the word. arrogant. They were very arrogant. I agree with you, and you know you can imagine that's the case when you watch golf tournaments and see like Augusta well, where and that's another thing. I don't mean to cut you off, but one thing is that not only did Greg Norman bring this. To the PGA about hey, you know some of these events. Let's wear shorts. Let's liven them up a little. Let's change some of what we do. Loosen up. Mickelson went to him as well. Yeah. Well, then somebody wanted to listen wear to pocket squares. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> let, let, let the personalities out. I mean, I think you saw the success the NBA did when they started doing that years ago, and and really that what that expanded all the shoe deals all that stuff and let let these guys have a little bit of personality right. Th this really i think this whole situation makes me realize i don't even understand how the golf setup is and why do we have leagues i mean should these guys just be getting drafted then or, or like the how do the teams work i i, I mean what does the difference make it to me which league this guy plays in i just i want to see the golf i mean it, do, it does concern me though a little bit it does concern me that the saudis are trying to take over the sports world oh yeah they're trying to true. own every sport well, on they, the planet right they, brought, and they actually can do it didn't they bring soccer in over there too oh yeah does that mean that the golf or the the soccer is played in that country i no, mean so, it, so it's just no the golf is all around the world i it's know investment it, is what it is yeah yeah, yeah. and it's uh it's because i think lives first tournaments in february and it's in somewhere in mexico i mean who the hell would want to play golf in saudi arabia <laughs> in the summer a lot of <laughs> <laughs> or soccer or any sport i remember going to the thoroughbred sales though in kentucky yeah and the the arena is across the street from the airport and it would just be lined up with private jets with arabic writing on them they were you know that was the one of the first sports they started to dominate the sheikh of dubai is a huge horse racing guy and you can't even bet on the freaking races over there. Yeah. It's like, what? But I want to ask you a personal question. Do you guys play golf? Yes. 
You're a golfer. Not well. I used yeah. to be okay. Yeah. I once my son started, we do the travel baseball stuff and all that. My golf game went downhill because I wasn't I yeah. wasn't around to golf. I golf ba- basically. I had like one month out of my my summer to golf, and that was catching up with some of the guys. But other than that, Jake. Yeah, I play once or twice a year. Usually, uh, we call it playing professionally when I get invited to uh, an outing for work and go go. Uh, you know, drink drink a lot of beers and, and play. So I do it every now and then. I've done done the top golf thing a couple of times. My parents were I in like, town. That was fun. That's fun. I've done yeah. that a few times. I, I'm big in. We got a new top golf here in St. Louis. There was one out in the suburbs, but now there's one just down the road here. And I've been. It's nice. Yeah. Oh, have you? I love I've got, it. I've got one thing that makes me angry there, though. <laughs> Give it. And, uh, I think you mentioned it before, but we've got the golf cart community around here, uh, just woven into the fabric. It's not a separate thing, but all around town, pretty close to that Top Golf. They don't have any golf cart parking spaces, and that's what I need. I need to just play it up, play up your your golf connection there, line up ten spots out front size for golf carts, and you know they'll fill. And it'll be perfect. You should go to them. Definitely gonna I, put I bet that. they'd be receptive. Yeah, they to probably that. have a comment box somewhere in the building. I mean, we gotta mention that Jake here, El Presidente, El Presidente. of the St. Louis Bills Mafia, is a golf cart owner. He is. And we see him dr- he, drives he drives to the games at the Shamrock Pub to watch the Bills games in a golf cart. Drove it here. It's and here. He, he drove, drove it here. It's outside. <laughs> oh, man, I got to go yeah. check it out. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> I don't play real golf anymore because I broke too many clubs. <laughs> and I like Top Golf because I'm club. not going to break their clubs. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter where the ball goes. There's a net. <laughs> so, <laughs> they have the Angry Birds thing, which I think was pretty nice. Uh, it sets up a virtual thing, so it doesn't matter where you hit it. You don't have to get it right in the things, but you can set the difficulty. And yeah. uh, so then my wife and I can be competitive with each other, and she can play on beginner, or I can play on expert, and she can beat me. There's still drinking involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm for sure. About. I think the nicest one I've been to was uh, in Vegas. Top golf? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They had a swimming uh, pool on like the. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah. Swim yeah. sorts, yeah. Lady was bringing me cocktails. I was enjoying it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I saw like these two ladies walk past me in bikinis. And I was like, Las Vegas, Vegas baby, like, Vegas. whatever. And, uh, so when the the waitress came back, I was like, "Hey, I'll take another one." Let me ask you: Is I see a lot of people, especially females, walking around in swimsuits? Is that a thing? Did, yeah. I, miss, did I miss a memo here? Desert. She goes, "Oh no, on the other side of the bar is the pool." Yeah, I'm like, we're on like the third floor. Like what? They got pools on roofs. They got everything. I didn't you expect know what else it they at have? Top Golf. You know what else they have? This is pretty new. They have a sports bar that's in the water. Oh yeah. Can you see that? I keep hearing. Oh, is that the one you showed me? I showed you a picture. Oh, we've got to go do that. There's big screens everywhere, and you can sit on a float. Like they have booths in the water. Oh, when do the oh man? When do the Bills play? When when do the Bills play in Vegas? You got to keep an eye on people who drink too many beers and don't get up, though. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. You don't sit too close to them. No. Yeah. Uh, No drownings. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're gonna end with a little calm, calm music here. I said a little. Every episode, every single one, we end with an act of genuine kindness. We choose a charity and we donate to it. This week, Jake, El Presidente of the St. Louis Bills Mafia, we're asking you to make the selection. What do you got? 
I was still so angry after the the Philly loss. Um, I was really thinking a lot about the refs over the last couple weeks and how they just can't see anything. So what I've decided to do, keep it a little local, close to home. Um, we have near Tower Grove Park here the Missouri School for the Blind, and I've got um, they they do not have an online <laughs> way to donate, but I have to mail a check in. I've got it filled out here, uh, ready to go. So I'm going to put it in the mailbox on the way out. We'll give you the cash. Yep. Awesome. That awesome. is awesome. I love Great it. choice. And I love the ref connection. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Very clever. Yeah. Very clever. Just thinking about that, starting to get me all worked <laughs> up again. But uh, I got a Christmas party to go to tonight, so all right. I got to calm down. All right. That's how we're going to wrap up this episode of Angry Fans. Hopefully, we're growing on you. We appreciate you listening. Connect with us on Instagram. We are Angry Fans Pod. If you're in a foul mood right now and like to smash something, We'd love it to be a like button. You can literally smash it if you want because all we care about is just tell your friends about the podcast. That's good enough. Thanks to Turner for drinking craft beer in Atlanta. <laughs> thanks to Jake for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks, Jake. You're a laid-back guy, but we've seen what you can do when you watch Bill's game, and you brought it today. Lots I, of anger. I am glad you do not do these the day after a game or we would all not be able to speak. <laughs> this yeah. is true. And, of course, Buffalo Steve, the angriest fan of them all, coming to an arena near you in the third period. We'll get those tour dates. Definitely. I'm Scotty. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>